is the last Sunday of the month, and we always have the kids in on the last Sunday, and I usually do a object lesson or something, but it is in my contract that I can't sing a special and then do that on the same Sunday, and we negotiated that years ago, and I can't go against my contract, or it may have been, I just forgot and didn't get it done, so anyway, I'm sorry about that, I kind of had a full week this week and I didn't get everything done. So anyway, sorry about that, kids. I'm sure they're not upset at all. So anyway, all right, let's all stand as we continue to talk about radical redemption. And this morning we're going to talk about what is the church's part in this. We've been talking about what God can do. But now we want to talk about what God can do in us because he asks us to come along and be part of it. And so this morning, I want want you to listen and and hear what Jesus says to his disciples. I want you to imagine, because we are his followers now, and he is calling us in to be part of what he's doing. And why he does that, I don't know. It's like... It's like the biggest risk in the world saying, hey, why don't you come along and do the things that I'm doing? Because lots of times we mess things up. But he asks us to come along. And that's what he has for us. So we're going to read this morning out of Luke 9, beginning with verse 37. But we're going to read this first. I have...
against you is for you. <laughs> I love that. We saw a guy driving out demons and we told him to quit. What? Why? And this is, they, they started off right. And if you read the first, I didn't read it all, but if you go to the first part of chapter nine, he sends them all out and he tells them to do these things and they come back and they're like, we were able to do all of these things, but something happened and all of a sudden they're not able to do those things. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much today. And we just ask that you would challenge us as a church this morning to always keep our minds and eyes upon you and help us to stay straight in our thinking and not allow the world to affect us and to affect our way of thinking. And so this morning, Father, we need your Holy Spirit to speak in the life of the church today. Help us to know that you have called us to be part of what you're doing and help us to do it. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So for the last two weeks, we've been talking about these miracles that Jesus does. We've seen him control the weather, demons, sickness. He has power over death. And he shows his disciples all of these things. He's gone through all of this. He's shown them all of these things that he's doing. And then in the first part of chapter, last part of chapter 8 and, nine, and the first part of 9, we see this. He, he says, go and do the same things. And this is, could be probably one of the biggest miracles ever. It's not Jesus doing it. It's not them, the people seeing Jesus do the work. It's actually them seeing the work of God in other people. Now, a lot of people have no trouble believing that Jesus can do something, but they have a lot of trouble believing that Jesus wants to do something through them, that Jesus wants to speak into someone's life through them, that Jesus wants to bring healing through them or jesus wants to uh do miracles through them but he does that in the life of his disciples and he says later he says you're going to do greater things than i ever did and we we don't have trouble believing that jesus can do these things but we have a lot of trouble believing that he wants to do that in us we have a lot of trouble believing he wanted the disciples had trouble believing he wanted to do it through them but he did it and he wants to not only do that in them, I think it may be even easier for us to believe that he wanted to do it in the disciples because the disciples were there with him. And we can kind of see that. But I want you to know that today he wants to do things through the life of the church. It's not just for us to come and to sit and to enjoy a time of worship together. And haven't you enjoyed the time of worship this morning? It was a great time. I tell you what, song got us headed off in the right direction this morning. Just praising God for who he was and who he is. And we've had a great time. But this is not church happens out there. And he sent the disciples. He didn't say, okay, I'm going to have you do the things that, you, that I've called you to do in church on Sunday morning. It would have been on the Sabbath, on Saturday. He said, I'm not going to have you do it on He says, go out into the villages and do my work. And they did it. And they were coming back and they were all excited about what happened. But as they were talking about this, this guy comes up and he says, you know, I asked him to help me and they couldn't get it done. You know, they didn't say anything about that. None of them came back and said, we were able to do this and this and this. But there was this one guy. They seemed to leave that part out. And, and the guy comes and he says, he says, this is what happened. Uh, they were doing all these things, and, 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 but I asked him and they couldn't do it. They didn't help me. They didn't help what I needed to go. 
And he shouts out to Jesus because his son is, is possessed with this spirit. And he comes to Jesus and he says, can you help me? You ever, you ever cried out to Jesus for help? You ever had something? I'm sure there's, if you've had a kid at some time or another, you've cried out to Jesus because there's usually some time in your kid's life where you wonder, who is this kid? And what's going on? Why are they doing the things that they're doing? And, and you know that their soul is in peril and things are going on. And he knew that this kid's soul is in peril. And he comes to Jesus and goes, can you help me? I asked the church to help. I asked the disciples to help. And they couldn't help me. And I wonder how often people come to church and they ask for help. And God has empowered us as the church to help. And sometimes we just don't get it done. Or maybe we're busy doing something else or, or we don't have enough faith or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. But he had come to the church and he said, I came to the disciples, the followers. We're the followers. We're disciples of Christ. I came to the church and the church didn't help. God help us as a church. Folks, God has entrusted us. Jesus has entrusted us for people to come and to find help. And you may think, well, that's somebody else's job. Folks, it's your job. God's called us as followers of him to be the conduit that he flows through and works. And it's not somebody else's job. It's not Sean's job. It's not the worship leader's job. It's not my job. I've got my job. I've got jobs to do. And God wants to use us and work through us and, and through Sunday school teachers and things like that. But these were followers of Jesus. They had no position. They had no paid position. They were regular followers of Jesus like we are. And Jesus said, I want to work through you. And this guy said, I came to these guys and they didn't, they didn't help. Oh, I hope that is not the case in our church. I know that it happens. I know that it happens. I know we don't always get everything done. But I want us to be a church that helps people. And this guy had a cries out to Jesus. His son is literally being destroyed. And we all know people and folks, and many of you, some of you here this morning have children who are not following the Lord this morning. And you are very well aware of the peril that they're in. And I want to encourage you this morning to cry out to the Lord. Keep crying out. And so this guy brings the 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 boy he brought him to to the disciples and they couldn't help and so he brings him to jesus and jesus first response is and i and, and you have to understand that, that i think this is why they put it in the bible was so they could understand how upsetting it was to jesus that the disciples weren't able to help he wanted them to help he empowered them. He gave them the authority to do these things. And he was sending them out. He knew he only had a short time left. And, and, and he's got to teach them that, that they can do these things because he's not going to be here. Okay? He's entrusted the ministry of bringing Christ to the world to us. We are plan A. And there is no other plan. We're it. And, and you can hear the frustration in his voice because these were the things that the disciples were supposed to be taken care of. These were the things that, that when he's gone, this is, this is stuff that's going to be coming into the church and the church is supposed to take care of this. 
And he says, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation. How long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. He's like, <laughs> you ever do that with your kids? You ever get so mad that you just didn't know what to say and you just shake? I think this is Jesus. He goes, oh, I told you. Bring him here. This is what's so awesome about it. This case was so bad, nobody else could fix it. And it is a non-issue with Jesus. Do you understand that? Oh, bring him here. Just a little old demon. In the name of me. And he's gone, you know. But you have to understand, he wanted the disciples, the followers, to say in the name of Jesus and believe and have faith and take care of it. He wants, he wants ministry to be given to the church, to you. He wants that to happen in your life. And he says, oh, you faithless people. You don't have faith. They didn't have the faith they needed. He says, you're unbelieving. You're not trusting in God. They were, they were not yet in the place where they were fully trusting God. Then he, he says you're, that you're perverse, that you have a crooked way of thinking. And then I, I, now all of these, now you, you may be looking at your Bible and saying, I don't see these words. This is what the Amplified Bible says. And then there's one more word that I like. He says, you're warped. You ever had someone tell you that you've got a warped way of thinking? You're warped. And so I, I got on the Google and I said, you know, define warped. And this is what it says. Twisted. And it says warped is usually used to describe wood or lumber. And it says that the elements, that when, when lumber is exposed to outside elements of heat or moisture that it begins to twist, okay? It started out fine. It started out straight, but it was affected by something outside. It had some outside elements that was affecting it. Lumber always comes out, generally, always comes out of the saw straight. If you go to the lumber yard, they'll have those bundles, and those bundles will all be bundled up, and they'll be, and they'll be uh, covered up. Why are they covering them up? Why are they holding them together for to keep them from the outside elements because they, they come out of the saw straight. They're packaged in straight. But if the outside elements have a way of getting to them, they affect them. Folks, we, you know, lots of times they say, oh, well, you know, don't protect. You need to protect yourself some from the outside elements. Now, we live in this world, but we need to keep as much as we can from being affected by the world, Okay? And so I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. So anyway, the, the, he said, you're, you're, uh, you're warped. You, you started out right. You, you started off good. And then something happened and you got your thinking twisted. Well, if you're a, if you're a carpenter and you've got a bunch of twisted lumber, you're, you're not much. If you're, if you're warped, you're, if you're a two-by-four, they're, they're no good. That's not, that's not any good for you anymore. They put that in a pile and bring it back to the lumberyard, don't they, Joe? <laughs> then Joe has to eat, then the lumberyard has to eat it. But they, that's the, if you've seen, if, if, now it wouldn't be me, but a real carpenter, they'll look down that board and they'll go, yeah, okay, well, I can use that one. And they put it in the wall or whatever and they 
tie it in with nails and stuff and it won't twist anymore, okay? If we allow our minds to be affected by the outside influences, then we become ineffective. And as long as they were being controlled by Jesus, they were doing really good. But then they started allowing outside influences affect them. And apparently they should have been helping this guy, but they were unable to because their thinking had been warped. And he seems really upset that they were not able to help this guy. And if you listen to the way he talks, it seems like he believes that they should have been able to. Okay? I think he still believes that the church should be able to accomplish the things that God wants to do. Now, I am not saying, I don't want anybody to think by any means whatsoever that the church is the one who does it. It is the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus through people. It's not by anything we do. It's nothing that we come up with. It's of no power of our own. But he does seek to work through the followers. He was working through them. It's not what they were doing, but he was working through them. But he wants to have someone who is willing to be used by him. So Jesus says, bring the demon here, bring the boy here. And he casts out the demon. And Jesus takes care of it quickly. And tells them, look, you guys are going to have to figure this out. Because I'm not going to be here much longer. And this is going to be your job. And and he tells them this. And he says, listen carefully to this. And he says, I'm not going to be here much longer. And what's the next story? It doesn't say that they come around and say, well, how are we not thinking right? They don't, it's not like they're trying to get any better. The next thing is, in one verse, they're, they're arguing over who's the greatest. They've, they've, come, they've not listened to one thing he had to say. They've gone out and they've done all their ministry. And they're talking about, well, I did this, and I did this, and this woman was sick, and I was able to heal her, and we did this, and, well, that's nothing. I had a guy that had 10 demons in him, and he did this and this, and this lady was way sicker than that lady that you healed, and this guy was, you know, they were doing, they were doing those kinds of things. And what happened was, instead of rejoicing in what God was doing, they all got together and tried to figure out which one of them was better at it than the other. And they're all in their little huddle, and they're trying to figure it out. And Jesus sees this, and this is why he goes, you're warped. You're so warped. You're missing the whole thing. It's not about who's the greatest. It's about God being the greatest and God doing the work. And he's just, he's just upset at them is what he is. And they had started off right. They started off right. They were doing the things they were supposed to do. They started off straight, but something happened and they became twisted. Do you know how to keep wood from becoming twisted? I used to work at a lumber yard and we would sell wood by the bundle or we would sell wood by the piece. And we would never cut a bundle till we had another bundle sold because we wanted it to be bound it's the holding it together that keeps it from being bound. If you, keep, if you keep wood bound up and covered up, it will not move. It'll stay in there straight. But if you open up a bundle and take that top off and go set it out in the sun, 
It won't take very long, and that thing will just be all over the place. It's pressure that keeps wood straight. So if most carpenters, as soon as they get a bundle, they start putting it together, they put it in the wall. And when it gets in that wall, then there's pressure because it comes under the authority of the wall. The nails hold it and the wall holds it. And if it's come under the authority, then it will stay straight. And folks, we have to come under the Lord's authority. And we have to stay, we have to come, you know, and and nowadays people have absolutely no trust in the church whatsoever. And I understand that. But I I come under the authority of my district superintendent. You know why that is? To keep me straight. So I'm not out here saying, oh, well, you know, this is what we need to do and I'm going to go do whatever I want to do. I come under the authority of the church to hold me straight. The authority of the church of the Nazarene holds us straight as a church to keep us from just going and doing whatever we want to do. All right. And I understand that, you know, there's churches that want to do that. Okay. And they're fine. I understand that. But For us, there's some authority there from the church that holds us and keeps us headed in the right direction. And I want you to know in your own life, if you have trouble coming under authority, you're going to be easily warped. Because you have to be held to keep from being warped. We come under the authority of God's word. The authority of God's word holds our lives and, and holds our minds and helps us to, to, say, to stay straight. And these guys went out and they started doing ministry and they forgot that they were doing it under the authority of Jesus. And they thought, hey, aren't I great? Thank God for me. Thank God for me that I can go out and do these things. And it became about them instead of what Jesus was trying to do and their mind got warped see god wants to use us he wants us to be used he wants us to be part of what he is doing but it is never about us and i'm preaching to the church this morning and there's usually three groups of people in the church and one group is a group of people who do ministry and you never know what's going on because they never show up they never they always show up but they never tell you you come to a dinner and you show up and there's tables set everywhere and tablecloths everywhere. You go, well, how did this happen? Because somebody came and did it. And they don't stand up and put it in the bulletin or put it on the Facebook or anything like that. They just, they just show up and do the ministry because that's what God's called them to do. And then there's uh, some people in, in the church that they just don't do anything. Because they think they're unworthy. They think, I don't have anything to offer. I, I, I would like to help, but I don't have anything to offer. And so they don't do anything. And then there's those people that try to make it all about them. And this is what had happened to the disciples. They started off right. But in the excitement of ministry, they began to think that it was about them. And would warps whenever it gets to do whatever it wants to and will not come under authority and when we just do whatever we want to do and we won't come under god's authority and we won't come under the authority of anyone else and we won't come under the authority of god's word then we become warped and i want you to be careful of people and be careful of yourself if you will not come under someone else's authority I have a wonderful district superintendent. 
Now, do I agree with everything that he thinks we ought to be doing? No. I tell him that to his face. I've told him that. I said, I, I don't see it like that. And he'll go, well, that's okay. But you know what? When he asked me to do something, I'm going to come right under his authority because God has placed him above me. God said, Brian, you need this guy above you. And so you need to listen and do what he asked you to do because that's where God has placed me. And some of you are under uh, authority in, in, in the church and in, in, in God's word, and we need to be there. And the word says that we have been given God's authority to be his representative. Our name, Christian, says that we're little Christian, and we have the authority of God to be part of what God wants to do in the world. You know how awesome that is? You know how awesome that is? Everybody else is going about life doing whatever they want to do, but we get to be part of what God, who put everything together way back when, he goes, I've got a plan, and you know what? I want you to be part of it. Do you know what an awesome responsibility that is? Don't let warped thinking render God's power useless in you. This, this frightens me. I want you to think about this. This, this. I want you to think about this. What, I want you to ask yourself this question. What does God, think about this, what does God want to do? What is God wanting to do in our town, in our church, in your home? What is God wanting to do that is being limited by my unbelief by my unfaithfulness, by my warped thinking. What is God wanting to do in Marshfield that is being limited by this body because of our unfaithfulness, because of our lack of vision or faith? And then I want you to ask yourself personally, am I limiting God's work in our church? Is there a lack of faith in my own heart. God has called each one of us to take part in the ministry. And I'm just asking this morning, are you getting done what he has called you to do? It may be something that seems really exciting or it may be something that is not seen by anybody else. Some of the greatest ministry in the church is done and nobody sees it, nobody knows the disciples were busy bragging about what they had done in the past. To have the faith, we need to be asking and doing what needs to happen. We need to have the faith of what needs to be done today. There is danger in the church. We have had really good years in the church. I was reading statistics and we've, we, the Lord's just blessed us. The Lord's just blessed us. But if we stay and say, well, that's what we did, and never move forward, we're in big trouble, okay? It's good to celebrate. It's good to celebrate and say, boy, wasn't God good there, but he's got something going here. See, that's what happened to the disciples. They were all talking about what happened here, and there's a guy right here with a demon-possessed son, and they're not helping him at all. 
Well, well we're, we're talking about who's the greatest over here. We, remember, we, was, we did all this stuff. This is what we did when we were out, and, and they were celebrating all the things they'd done, and they got a guy standing right in front of them that says, I asked you to help me, and you couldn't. Well, I wonder who's the greatest. You see how dumb that is? You see how warped they were? And then when there's another guy that's out here trying to do God's work, trying to cast out, they tell him to quit. And sometimes in the church, we're that way. Somebody else starts doing something new or different. Well, they don't do it the way we we do it. They should quit. God bless them. Let them do it. I'm always, whatever anybody wants to do, God bless you. Go do it. Have fun. Win the world. Well, God calls us to do something, and we better do it. And we can't stay in the past and go on and do what God has called us to do. Are you, ask yourself this question this morning. Are you, am I getting done what God has called me to do in my home, in my job, and in my church. I want you to take inventory this morning. Am I getting done what God needs to be done in my home? Am I being the father God has put me in place in this home at this time with this wife and these kids in this history, in this time in history, Am I doing what God has called me to do here? Am I being the mother that God has called me to be, the wife that God has called me to be in this home at this time? Am I being the person at work? God has placed you at a job, at a place, at this time in history, in your job. Are you being that? God has work for you to do there. In school, we had such a wonderful time with the, the teens this week. And they are in the school system at this time in history, in this particular location, to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in that school at this time in life. Nobody else is going to do it. You're it. You're the ones. Are you getting done what God has called you to do. Boy, I got good news for you this morning. You can. You can do it. Jesus was like, I gave you the power. You can do it. Wouldn't it be wonderful if he asked you that question and he said, you are. You're getting it done. You're doing what God called you to do. You're accomplishing the things. Or is he speaking to you and saying, Oh, you warped thinker. What's wrong with you? I can just hear him being aggravated a little. Saying, what's wrong? Don't go by the way the world. Don't think the way the world does. Don't let the world twist you. Come under the authority of my word and be straight and stand and and, and be what I've called you to be and be and serve in the place I've called you to be for this time. I want us to stand this morning. Lance is going to share with us this morning, and you can sing along. I don't know if they've got the words up there today or not.
In order for radical redemption to happen in the world today, it happens through the ministry of the church because that's what God decided he would do. He decided that he would give the ministry of, of Jesus Christ, the ministry of the Holy Spirit would work through people. What a dangerous idea. Because sometimes we goof up, don't we? But we serve a loving God that says, come, I know that you've messed up. And I think there was probably a time after this because <laughs> the disciples were so, they were like, who's the, I wonder who's the greatest among us. And as soon as they say that, Jesus comes and says, well, you know, it's the least. And they, oh, <sighs> maybe that's you this morning. You're like, oh, kind of got off my thinking and I'm not thinking right but God I I want to God help me God show me and and whatever it is I'll do it this morning maybe you just need to have your thinking straightened out a little bit this morning maybe the spirit spoke to you this morning if you need to come and pray come as we sing this morning we're going to open up the altars this is for the church today man this was a challenge on my own heart that we never get away from what God wants to do and never make it about us but it's always about what he wants to do this morning if you need to pray are you allowing God to do his work in your family in your home in your life today let's sing just a 